is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. Do you remember when mock turtlenecks were a thing? Like, no real turtlenecks? No, no, Chris, mock turtlenecks were never a thing. They were absolutely a thing. I'll send you the link. Um, I mean, Steve Jobs wore them. He did. That's why I can prove that they were a thing. Um, And I'm so glad that we started our live stream with that particular observation about the development of the length of the turtleneck. That's right. And neck is appropriate to cover. Right. And so like right now in my podcast uniform. It's a very nice flannel. It's very nice. Apparently I've been wearing this every Thursday for a while. (laughs) Uh, I was going to tell you that, you know, as we scroll back through the old episodes of our podcast on the Young People's Ministries Facebook page, um, yes, that that absolutely kind of is your standard. Really, the only way I can tell differences from week to week is um, the length of my hair. Like I can tell when I get haircuts. <laughs> and I guess it's just part of what happens when you create things in a digital space, right? Like there's these versions of you that then start to exist for perpetuity that you just have to be comfortable with. Um, And speaking of which, uh, Jeremy, you and I today are talking about the crash course that we wrote in digital youth ministry. Yes. Um, So digital spaces are a thing. We're, We're interacting on one right now. And that's how people are listening to our podcast anyway. That's right. And I'm, I'm sharing it to my feed. As we speak. That's impressive. I mean, multitasking is always incredible. And it's something that digital youth ministry would allow you to do. Um, it has been a growing, uh, it, it's been a growing edge, at least for, gosh, what, what would you say? Maybe 15 to 20 years, right? Um, if, if we go back in time, um, you and I were in youth ministry prior to the iPhone. Yeah. Uh, so I hope that doesn't freak anybody out who's like listening and that, you know, has gotten involved in youth ministry, but like the, the iPhone started in 2007. Um, and honestly, it was a very revolutionary thing at the time. Yes. Um, prior to that, I would spend my evenings, um, you know, a, a couple of times a year doing like mass mailing stuffings at home where I would put on a movie and I would print up letters to be able to send to every family that was connected to the church somehow and be like, Hey, here's my fall calendar. And Hey, here's the spring calendar. Here's why we're excited to come together. And it was all print stuff. Uh, and yeah. I knew the people at the uh, post office in the bulk section by name, right? Like we could meet and talk. Cause I did that stuff so frequently. That's right. um, that doesn't happen as much anymore because that's all been digitized. So I don't know, Jeremy, as a place to start, maybe can you compare and contrast some of your experiences prior to sort of the digital age of youth ministry and then those things that have maybe gotten a little easier um, because of the automation and the platforms and communication that we're now offered um, through the digital pieces we've got? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting you say that. Um, <clears throat> so my uh, my first book, I have first job in youth ministry that I was paid for, but we don't talk about that job. Um, we don't talk about Park Memorial. I don't know. I, I feel like that should be its own standalone episode. It's yeah, point. yeah, sure. Okay. And uh, and so that one only lasted a year, but all the other ones, it, I was very much involved in digital stuff, 
in okay. youth ministry, but digital meant different things, right? Yeah. So uh, when I, I remember starting at a church and using basically PowerPoint, um, and that was revolutionary. Amazing. We were watching video clips that were not from like a VHS, like from the computer. And it was like groundbreaking and everybody was in awe. And then we purchased Media Shout and a True Well website. <laughs> and like we had forums on the website. So like it that was, you know, that was just a couple of years later. So there was this like, uh, and then when I was in college, I hand coded my home church's youth ministry's first website. Did you really? Um, I did. Yeah. Wow. In the, uh, in the late nineties and, um, and it was, it was, it was fun and exciting, but so there's been this like ever this long progression um, from overhead projectors all the way through um, smartphones yeah. that I think is is fascinating. But and so um, I because I, I got to go to seminary, I actually took an elective in um, in this technology theology area. And one of the things that was really interesting that we we talked about was this idea that technology uh, or that everything that is created this theological idea that everything that's created bears in some way the image of its creator mm -hmm. okay um and so technology is created by humanity that has both good and bad right there's both holy things and evil things or whatever however you want to say it and therefore that technology bears the same image there's a lot of good stuff that that technology can empower and a lot of bad stuff um, that technology can empower. It, it will help us increase. And so as a tool, then in the hands of of uh, of broken humans, it will help us do more of what we already would do, do more good and do more evil. <clears throat> and so. Um, and, and that's like, I think it's an interest, it's an important thing to remember with technology because I feel like there's these two camps that people fall into. Okay. Like the two camps are, man, technology is amazing. Look at how, what a great opportunity this is. Our church went online during the pandemic and now there's, 50 people in Russia watching it. And you're like, that's a bot farm, but, but you know, whatever, like, and there's this, there's this really positive thing. And then there's the other camp, which is this really negative, like, ah, oh, technology is horrible. It's the downfall of culture. There's no one has good handwriting and they only ever watch pornography and like everything um, bad. And the, the reality is both of those things are true, mm -hmm. right? Both of those camps have a stake in truth and, um, and it's not particularly useful to be in one camp or the other as a youth pastor. Yeah. Um, 
so like you perfect example um as uh, somebody sent me an article about roblox i don't know if you've seen roblox but if you are if you you probably got you might have it's not so much uh it, it, uh, exciting with high schoolers but middle schoolers are into it and elementary schoolers are way into it mm-hmm. um but the article was about how roblox was the worst thing ever it was mm-hmm. ruining every child mm-hmm. and that you know in this thing where there's like i i can't remember roblox has like millions and millions and millions of people that there's these there's been these two cases of like predatory things and um and and that's true right there's risk there there's also risk when a kid rides their bike on the street right uh but that article was very much the like this is evil right and and to your point we've been around long Mm -hmm. enough that I feel like we've seen that article about an infinite number of different things. Oh my gosh. Right? Yes. Yik so that, yak. Could have been, that could have been Yik Yak. That could have been Club Penguin. That yep. could have been Minecraft. That could have oh, been Minecraft. Fortnite, yeah. That could have been MySpace back in the day. Oh, um, MySpace. Oh, no, no, no. Zenga. Oh, wow. Yeah. Let's throw it way back while we're doing yes. this. Yeah. Um, so, so it, it's interesting to be in this conversation because it, like we've already mentioned, you and I have sort of grown through this technological revolution mm-hmm. as our ministry lives have sort of evolved. Um, I mean, I turn 42 next month and I remember helping my parents program our VCR so that it showed the right clock time. Mm-hmm. And yep. now I'm expected to understand like how NFTs work. Right. And so exactly. there has been this tremendous growth in terms of digital connection and, and just how involved it is in people's lives. So whichever camp you're in, right, I, I do think there's the shared recognition that that technology and um, digital interactions uh-huh. are, are just they're there. They're ubiquitous. They are right. affecting real life stuff, whether mm-hmm. you think it's positive or negative. Like, I think we can all agree somewhere in the middle there that like every almost everybody's got it and it is affecting our lives as adults and it affects lives of teens as well. Right. And having just turned 43, uh, uh, you know, you'll, you'll understand this in about a year. When I'm but, older. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I think that we, um, we have to, we have to take a step back with any sort of uh, technological um and uh, any any technological pieces and and really ask some questions right <clears throat> so i think you have to think about technology in general um so like at the very top level <clears throat> it's important for us um uh, so in like the field of like communication studies and media criticism one of the things that that they talk about is the medium is the message right that there is there is a complete um, there's a complete communication process that happens just from the medium in which we have chosen to communicate and most people do not think about what it what the medium is communicating so for example i've developed this app at for for my church called zoe it's a spiritual practice app but we we had a lot of conversations about okay 
what does this what does it say about God that I am interacting with God through an app, right? Mm -hmm. That I'm able to choose spiritual practices that work for me, that I am able to do that completely alone without any other person, right? There are things this communicates about God and about Christianity um, that have nothing to do with the words that come out of the mouth of the person in the app, right? And, um, and, and so that's really an important, like 30,000 foot view level, maybe if that's a hundred thousand foot view level, but uh, looking at when we're using technology, saying, wait, what does this communicate about God? Right. Yeah. So like, I'm going to text a kid, um, a pastoral response, man, it's great. I can do that. But what, what, what are their choices are being made in that moment? Um, and are they what I want to communicate? Um, don't get me wrong. I text people all the time, but, um, having that sort of like really meta analysis of the way we're using technology, um, is important. Uh, it, it, it says it communicates its own things. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. And it reminds me of something that um, I, I feel like I learned very early on when I was looking at the history of youth ministry and sort of the adolescent development pieces and, and those things. Um, and one thing that youth are, have always been good at, and it doesn't matter what generation you've been a part of, right. um, is going where adults are not. Right. Right, that there is an important formational piece of adolescence and discovering your own agency, your own independence, your own sense of self. Yeah. Um, that groups of adolescents will try to put themselves where adults aren't. And so, right. you know, like in the it's part of differentiation, right? Exactly. Right. So, you know, 50s, 60s, you're talking soda shops, you're talking uh shopping malls, maybe in the 70s. Um, but physical I don't know, I'm not that old. Yeah, you are. You just said 43, child of the 70s, <laughs> calling it. 79, um, man, 79. My collar is a little big on that flannel. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Did you um, just call this a leisure suit? You heard me. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a one piece. Don't stand up. <laughs> um, but because like, so, so there is this pattern of young people going where adults are not. Um, right. And up until the 2000s, those were always physical spaces. Yes. Right. Um, you know, like there was the skate park that just the adults didn't go to. That was where the teenagers went and hung out. Right. And more and more, that is now like digital spaces, right? <laughs> digital Young spaces. people are hanging out I, yes. in digital space. And um they're hanging out in spaces that adults are not a part of yet. And, yes. and that's a complicating factor for that question, those meta-level questions that you're asking youth leaders and churches to think about, um, because it slows it slows our response time down. It slows our presence down in digital spaces because adults in the church just aren't on that cutting edge where youth are creating spaces and engaging in platforms that adults don't know about yet or that yeah. aren't hugely popular yet. So uh, the speed is a complicated one. That's one that I, I often struggle with, right? And mm -hmm. obviously we're live streaming this through Facebook. So that shows some of my age um, as a part of the audience and the medium with which we're delivering this podcast. But yeah. um, if a church wanted to get involved in say TikTok, right. where do you start that conversation? 
Right. And that's an important piece, right? I think there's like, it. I remember um, I, you, we just listed a thousand things, right? Yik Yak and TikTok and, you know, all the things, right? And there's this like, most of the youth workers that I know, there's this instinct that we have that is, I go where the kids are. In order to be relevant. Right. In order to be relative, in order to engage, just like you would have gone to the mall when kids hung out in the mall and met kids there. And, and done like a after school food court. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so um, I, just, I, I think it's just part of the DNA of being a youth worker. And, um, and at the same time, some of these spaces present unique problems mm -hmm. right and so um while i think it's great no matter what to explore um uh it's it's, it's nice to explore um for yourself and and know what it's like um as soon as you can to set up a personal account um and say oh tiktok these videos are short and weird or like oh wow snapchat seems to be weird text messaging and then stories, right? Like, so you understand what it is, totally fine. Um, but when you talk about using it with teens or for in an official capacity, all of a sudden we've got to really step back and, and ask some questions. One, that first question, like, what does this communicate about what we're doing? Two, what are the what are the unique um, what are the unique benefits that this platform offers us? Right? Is it a video like a, a unique benefit? Well, not anymore, but of like TikTok, right? Or Vine, if you remember Vine. Oh um, yeah, and was that Instagram took Vine out once they introduced videos on Instagram? Yeah. So, but one of the unique benefits of them was. <clears throat> The, the, that like short time frame, right? I don't, I don't have time to create as a youth worker, you know, a really finely tuned 10 minute video every day. Right. But 30 seconds on my phone. Yeah, we could do that. That's a really great benefit, right? It's, it's easy. It's quick. And, but then some of them, like they have uh, some of them, have features that can put you at risk. So the, the next, the, so there's the benefits, well, what are the risks to us here? Sure. Um, and, and that requires you exploring the app and understanding it a little bit um, or the website or whatever it is that you're using the meta verse. I don't, whatever. Um, it's funny. Everybody, you say meta and everybody rolls their eyes, but um, power branding. <laughs> so yeah, we, um, so asking that question of like, what is the risk? So for example, some apps like Snapchat have disappearing message, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And that is a risk. It's a risk because, um, you have no way to verify what it is. You know, another thing that some apps have, I know that Snapchat has this, is a feature where you can change the name that displays that everybody sees at will. And, um, 
And some of those you can't ever really see the username itself. Um, and so we've had, um, I've had uh, interactions with youth workers who were dealing with um, accusations uh, that were f- about a, a kid in their youth group mm-hmm. sending very, uh, very bad <laughs> sketchball uh, messages through Snapchat. And the person had screenshotted them right? Because they disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, but the screenshots just show the whatever name that person chose. So what ended up finally happening was they found out it wasn't that kid. Mm. Somebody had gotten on, changed their name to his name, yep. and sent messages that were horrifying yeah, and, and damaged both the person who received the message and that kid. For sure. Um, and that's a risk because like, now let's just step back and say like you, there's some very unstable kid in your group who's dealing with lots of um, emotional problems and um and you have to discipline them because they've done something. Well, if you are on Snapchat, they can go in, change their name to your name and start doing all kinds of things. And there will be, if people are screenshotting it, that's the only evidence. And there's, there's not a lot outside of getting like crazy FBI kind of people involved, right? That, that you can do about it. And so, you have, we have to think. And, and that means like you got to really dig in. You got to really know what's happening. And normally I, I say you need like a seeing eye teenager, right? You need some kid to come in and show you how this works, show you all the features, show you what's going on so that you can say, okay, I didn't know that you could change your name like that. That's a real problem. <laughs> right. Uh, I, and if I, if I know, right, the, uh, the term for that is spoofing, right? Like where mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's not like full-on identity theft, but it's imitating somebody else's account. Yep. Um, you know, the the language related to Snapchat is a really interesting one as well, um, mm-hmm. be, because I think Snapchat, along with Instagram and maybe some of the other ones, really popularized the use of filters yep. uh, for images and, and for how you look. And um, before we get into this piece of the conversation, like, I do just want to bring up again how um, everywhere digital interactions are right mm-hmm. yeah. um and we haven't brought up discord yet but even that oh, one, like it, that if people are sleeping on discord it is a place for people to talk and tremendous opportunities and risks like you're mentioning for some right. ministry stuff there because um there's all sorts of servers that you can ask incredibly deep and tough questions to um mm-hmm. that you might not be able to ask questions of people that are like in your immediate social circle but yeah and we've anyway. spun up a discord server for our youth ministry yeah when you do your own server you can put a lot of different controls in there so that you know there's a way for you to inter- interact on discord that's maybe a little bit safer it limits yep. some of the uh, some of the risk but yeah yep. it, it does keep some great records and and you know you can do channels for topics and that kind of stuff and so that one can be really pretty yeah. helpful but but the idea of filtering is the the piece that I, I think I wanted to get to. So um, 
as, as youth leaders, if you're going to hang around for a while, one of the skills that you do need to develop is the ability to have a good self filter. Um, and I don't mean putting like sparkly things on your face and making your eyes face like, or turning you into a rabbit or whatever those other things do. Um, but it is the ability to engage in conversation when you're not in the same room as a person, uh, in a healthy way. So if well, and in a healthy way for your job, uh, well, yeah, so you don't get fired. Yes. Well, and, and for all involved, right? Like, right. There for is, sure. Um, that there is, let, you know, let's say this is something that's come up over the last two years, especially, you know, somebody will post something that as a, maybe a hot take on a political opinion of some kind yep. and you see it because it's a, you know, church member or parent of a youth and you've got the choice. Do I come in? 9,000 miles an hour and just light that person on fire because I right. disagree with them so deeply. Right. Or am I able to kind of filter things in a way and ask some questions to get to your God question? You know, what does my response or what does my role to this person say about God and how I'm going to treat them or act with them? Even though I may disagree, mm-hmm. how do I ask some questions or how do I invite a growth or a change or a conversation in the relationship? instead of just, you know, lighten somebody up because you disagree with them. Um, So youth leaders do need to be able to learn how to have good filters. Um, And I think that that's something that's become a little bit more innate as time has gone on because we sort of swim in digital waters and that has become as much real life interaction as anything else. Um, But the other big reminder is that youth filter who they are and they filter their experiences and the languages that they use as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to get to that, but I do want to back up. I don't want to okay. lose the the youth worker yeah, <laughs> filter because, um, you know, I think we can offer some, some really specific tips on, on how you can do that because there's sometimes that you feel like there's a moral obligation, mm-hmm. a justice obligation for you to say something. Right. You know, being silent on a topic is also is also engaging in it. And and um, Chris and I are both um, on a Facebook group called Youth Pastors Only. Yes. Um, and I would I be, to be completely honest, I would discourage you from getting on it <laughs> uh, just because I, I don't know how helpful it is because there's it's so broad. It, it you know, you get. Um, it's, it's all youth pastors and um, it's not related to any denomination. It's very ecumenical. Um, right. And so you, you get, you, you get a broad spectrum of perspectives on anything that you ask, but if you post a question, like the odds are within 10 comments, it's going to become fairly yeah. divisive. Right. Yeah. And, and so I, 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 I am the reason that I am part of that group is because um, I feel like I I want to be a voice in that group with um, experience and a voice of uh, you know a, a sort of different theological perspective than a lot of the people there um, because <clears throat> and so here's here's what I'm saying um, I generally don't say like well, I think you should do this, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Because when, when we get really prescriptive, I think that is, um, 
that's when the danger. So, so somebody posts about something on online and you look at that and you say, Oh, I've got to say something. If you come in saying, well, I think this, 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 and you need to not do this and this and this, right? All of a sudden, it's a personal argument between the two of you. Mm-hmm. And in your role as a youth pastor, as a person who's working in the church, that can, that can sometimes become really problematic. Um, so, and, and not just problematic, but I would say uh, zero minds has, have ever been changed by a Facebook comment, right? So, um, so when you comment, for me, you, you begin and, and by saying, uh, you just, I, I want you to, re- to know that there are people who love God, who believe this, right? It might be your perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's important for us to, to remember that, that, that those, that there's this disagreement or, you know, like in the case of the youth pastors only, um, you know, when they, there is conversations about, there's lots of conversations there on there about uh, how to deal with LGBTQ teens or parents or whatever. And, um, and so like, like, you know, a, a typical post will be like a kid just came out and I'm, and they want to meet with me. What do I do? Yeah. Right. And, and for me, my response to those kind of things is to say, look, you need to, you need to know that, uh, that what you say has, you have like a potential to do all kinds of good or all kinds of harm. And people who are told that they are completely rejected by God because of their sexuality, they have a high instance of attempting suicide. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So you've got to be really careful. And, and I don't tell them what to say, right? I don't tell them what the Bible says about it. Um, I, I'm trying to come in there and say, look, you got to be careful about that, right? And so having those kind of like, I'm going to take this perspective, even if it's my perspective, and I'm going to put it outside of me. Right. And I'm going to be a voice for that perspective. It, it helps you be able to people to be able to engage with it where they don't feel like they're fighting you. Right. And you're fighting them. It, it does help to keep things on the topic as opposed to become a, a personal thing. And, and that's something that's very difficult, you know, um, for those same conversations the the place that I almost always start is, you know, congratulations for having such a good yeah. connection and relationship with that young person that they trust and value what you are going to tell them. Yeah. So whatever you have done to this point, congratulations. And I hope you feel good about that. And I hope that that relationship and connection can feed the conversation that you're about to have, uh, yeah. because you may end up being one of the only connection points that makes sense for this young person's life, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, so that's a, that's a great one to be able to bring up. One, and that's one a, that's one. a helpful way to do that yeah. with, with all kinds of topics. Cause like you have a church member that like slams, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter protest that's happening in your city. Um, you can say, you even if you completely disagree with their post, you can say, I am so glad that you are engaging with this idea. 
like you're engaging with this issue in our world because it is an important issue. But I think that you need to know that there are Christians who believe whatever. Mm -hmm. So like you can always start by saying like, if nothing else, you're engaging it with this issue. You're not sticking your head in the sand. And that's a good thing, right? Yeah. And and sometimes it, to go back to how this conversation started, that's the pull that we might feel as, you know, folks that pour our lives into youth and into the church and, and needing to be able to say something because often, you know, like to, to sort of be silent is to be complicit, right? So oh, yeah. if, if, and your um, teens will see that. Oh, for sure they will. Right. Um, and I'm thinking of a situation last year, there was a church I was, um, you know, kind of talking with, and they had a, a volunteer who would share sort of those like trolley memes. Um, and, and I don't even need to get into like what the topic was about or anything, but it was like a questionable content meme from an adult volunteer in the youth group. Um, and it needed to have a response, right? And and you being able, as the youth leader, being able to demonstrate a way to approach it that keeps it on the topic and on right. conversation also then gives an example for the youth and the families that are in your ministries to not stick their heads in the sand and to engage in the conversation in a fairly healthy way also. Yeah. So you're in one way, you're able to model um, healthy conversation about difficult topics, which our world needs. Oh, it needs it really badly. Uh, I mean, if, if we don't talk about politics and religion over dinner or at family gatherings, um, it, it we're out of practice and that's why it feels bad to do that stuff. If you're able yeah. to actually like talk faith and those kind of things, can be super duper healthy and oh my gosh, oh my gosh yeah. yeah. Um, well, Jeremy, we're going to spend the next couple of weeks on our youth worker recharge and in the uh, podcast versions of this, kind of pulling apart um, the digital youth ministry crash course that we talked about. So um, we're kind of setting the stage for that with our conversation today. Um, yeah. The big thing I want to encourage people when you come back and, and watch and listen to our next couple of things. Um, even though we mentioned a series of specific apps and platforms and those kind of things today. Um, in general, the conversations that we're going to have are going to try to get to that meta level, that, right. that why sort of level um, of yeah. engaging in digital ministry. We will have some like pretty practical tips and tricks, but we really want to get to the, to the ethos, to the theology, to the thought behind why you as the youth leader are trying to engage in a digital space where mm -hmm. youth are the ones that are in control because they know the spaces and the platforms that they like. Yeah. Um, and next week, if there's, if, if you're not sure if you've got time, whatever you just, you've got to carve out next week because yep. safe sanctuaries in a digital world, that's the main topic next week. And you, you have to think about that. You, yep. you have to think about that. You have to tell your boss, that you need a half an hour to listen to this podcast because this is essential. Yeah, it, it really will be a big one next week. So uh, I hope those of you that have watched live um, are able to join us next yep. Thursday. Um, and Jeremy, I'll plan to on your grandparents' social network Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and on my birthday, I might have to uh, oh have a little cupcake or something. I'll I'll sing for you. Uh, what I really want is for you to wear that same shirt. <laughs> Will you pretty please do that for me next week? <laughs> I just don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll find out next Thursday, won't we? Um, well, thank you everybody for tuning in and hanging out with us. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Jeremy and I really believe that ministry should be a good time, right? Like um, you should be able to laugh with it. You should be able to celebrate the joys um, and, you know, also be able to have some support while you lift up the tough stuff. And that's why the Youth Worker Recharge is here. Um, Jeremy, we'll see you next week. See you next week.